Welcome to Glory Stories with Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn was one of the top eye surgeons in America and has traveled to many countries in the world preaching the word of God. She also opened up an eye surgery center in Beijing, China, where she did free eye surgery on those in need. Dr. Vaughn will be sharing many of her personal experiences from God. In addition, you will hear of others that have known God in an intimate way and seen His miracle working power. As you hear about how God has worked in the lives of others, our hope is that you will be changed forever. Get ready for God to heal you, deliver you, and transform your life as you sit back and enjoy these glory stories. Welcome to Glory Stories. Today we're going to be talking about Maria Woodworth Etter, which was a, a fantastic woman of God in her time. I don't know if you've ever heard of her before or not, but after today you will. You will have heard of her. She, she, was, she was in a real poor family when she was growing up. The father was a, a kind man, but he'd go to town and he was a, a good-hearted man and they'd say, hey, let's have a drink. And he'd start drinking and he'd buy everybody a drink and spend all the money that he had. And then he'd come home to his wife who was brokenhearted and didn't have any money left for her or the family. So they, they were poor all along. And then when Maria Woodworth Etter was 11 years old, her father died, so at that point in time, they were absolutely des des desolate. They just didn't have anything. So the mother, just as a matter of pure survival, sent Maria and her older sisters out to work for people in their homes for a week at a time and earn enough money to try to keep the mother and the smaller children alive. So she was away from her home. She didn't have any access to, to church. She always had a longing for God, but she just never had any opportunity. Uh, finally, when she was 13 years old, she got to go to a church service. They gave an altar call, and of course she responded to that because that was what was in her heart all along. She got baptized in water, and as she was being baptized, a light shone over her, and, and she was gloriously saved. After that, even though she had to still work in people's houses, her whole attitude changed. She was happy. She was singing. She was praising God as she cleaned someone else's house. And, and her, her, whole, her whole heart changed because she now had Jesus in her heart. Well, as, as she grew older, she got married. And as usually happens, she started having babies. She had a little baby boy. And not long after that, he died. And then she had another little boy named Freddie. And he didn't live very long at all. Well, I'm sorry, Freddie lived. But then she had a little girl, and the little girl was a joyful little child and, and seemed to love Jesus. But then she got tuberculosis, and she died. Then she had a fourth child, another little girl. And after a very short period of time, that child died too. I'm telling you this because she had a lot of heartbreak in her life, and, and many of her children were dying just about as fast as she could have them. And meanwhile, she was getting, she was very sick herself and debilitated. And all this time, God was really calling her to go into the ministry. But, you know, women didn't do it at that point in time. And, and she just felt totally unworthy. And she just felt like she couldn't do it. But nonetheless, God was tugging on her heart to go into the ministry, to follow him, to preach the gospel. She loved God, but she just felt like she just wasn't capable of doing it. And everything in the world and in, in her society of that day was against her for doing this. So she didn't follow the call. And so she kept getting worse physically and worse physically. 
and until, you know, everybody thought she was going to die. And finally, she knew that it was a matter of either yielding to God's call in her life or else she was absolutely going to die. So at the last moment, she told the Lord, okay, she said, I'll try my best. I'll, I'll, I'll try my best. That's all she could do. I said, I'll, she said, I'll try my best. And so he, she, she, she said, okay, she would. So right away, her health turned around. She started getting better. Uh, she and the family moved into a town where now she had access to church. And the Lord told her, he said, I moved you here so that I can start using you here since you've yielded to my call. Uh, she tried, but, you know, she, she had what she called a man-fearing spirit. I don't know that I've heard that phrase anywhere except through Maria Woodworth Eder, but I think a lot of people have that. In other words, you just, you just, she'd get up and just quiver and shake, and she was too shy, and she was afraid of the people. She'd afraid what they'd say, what they'd think. And so she just, she just really couldn't come out with anything. And then God gave her a vision. It was a vision of this black bottomless pit that was filled with terror and torment and people were falling into that and it's, it's, you know, a multitude of people didn't even know they were coming close to the edge and then they just suddenly they would fall into it. And this, this was happening to thousands and thousands of people and they were screaming and they were, they were falling into this bottomless pit. And Maria Woodworth Eder in the, in the dream or the vision was on a, a platform over this bottomless pit. And she was begging people to come up where she was so that they wouldn't fall down into this pit. So uh, she couldn't get that out of her mind, that she couldn't get it out of her mind that people were dying and actually going to hell and that nobody was there to help them, to pull them out of that situation. And so finally... She just gives in and, 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 and starts to minister. And the anointing of God was on her in such a strong way. Uh, one of the places she went early on in her ministry, it was a very cold and formal place. And she went in there and she knew that it was going to take the power of God to make God real to those people. She prayed fervently, and she asked God to make himself real to the people, however he wanted to, but just show himself in his power, in his reality. So she starts the meeting, and she believed that God would do this because she asked him in faith. She knew she would receive. She started the meeting, and after the, at the, on the third day of the meeting, a woman just spontaneously just, we would call it being slain in the spirit or fell out under the spirit of God, uh, just spontaneously. And so, you know, she still had a pulse. They knew she wasn't dead. So they put her over on a sofa and let her just stay there. And she just stayed there and they had to carry the lady home. Not that same day at the nighttime meeting, two more women fell, fell out like that, fell out under the power of God. And they put them up there on the, some sofas that they had and people would pass by. And actually people stayed with them all night long with those women on the sofa like that. They, people were astounded. They astounded. They didn't know what was happening, but obviously they knew that it was the power of God. So he was answering her prayer in a way that she never had anticipated. But the power of God was definitely showing up in the meetings. The, ne the next day, when she was having meetings, six people fell out under the power of God, and so it was multiplying. And the crowds were coming in to to see what was going on, and and the people were being uh, changed. Their lives were being changed. Uh, people were coming to God and being saved because they could see that the power of God was there.
Uh, Lots of, she's had, she had lots of meetings and lots of things happened in her meetings. I can't tell you all of them, but I'll just tell you a few. Uh, this particular church that she was in, so many people were falling out under the power of God. And she said, she called them being stuck to the ground, stuck down to the ground, and they couldn't get up or move. But one person was, a young woman was standing up and she got stuck like that and her eyes were open and she was just, standing there and she stood there like that not moving at all for two hours with her eyes open now that's God if you can stand there two hours and not blink I mean that's a supernatural just that alone is a supernatural phenomenon <clears throat> there was one old man in the meeting that night and and she knew that this man was resisting God and resisting God and she knew that if if he didn't respond that that was his last opportunity God was not going to give him another chance and so she said that. She said, somebody's here tonight. God's telling me this is your last chance. You better turn to God tonight or you'll never have another opportunity. Well, the man was so hard-hearted and cold-hearted, and he left the church cussing the church, cursing the church. And as he was going home that night, a train hit him and killed him. So by the next morning, they told Maria Woodworth Eder, she said, he's, he's already ready for the coffin. He got killed last night, and that was his last chance which means that that man went to hell that night because he wouldn't respond to the call of God. Uh, needless to say, it was a frightening thing for the people. The next church she went to was, was cold also. I guess if she came today and went, went to churches today, she'd probably find a lot of cold churches today too. But the people were resistant. They, some of them didn't really think God was very real. And so this time she found five people that were church members that would join with her and pray with her and believe God that something was going to happen, that God would show forth his power, and that not only the church would be changed, but that the whole town would be changed. So as she started those meetings, the same phenomenon started happening again. People were getting struck down by the power of God. And, and this, this not only happened in the church, but it started happening in people's homes, people's businesses, even uh, walking down the street somewhere in the town, people would fall out under the power of God. And a lot of times when this happened to them, they would be having visions. God would show them visions of, of, of heavenly things or various visions. And when they came out of that, they would want to be saved. And they would be saved because they would have met God during the vision. Uh, one night she, she went over... And she started to welcome a man that was there that was just standing in the aisle. She started to welcome him and put out her hand toward him without touching him. The man just fell over backwards on the floor. Well, she decided, oh, you know, that scares people. So she was going to decide not to, not to go toward anybody else. So she goes up on the, on the pulpit where the minister of the church, the pastor of the church is there. And uh, the minute she puts her foot up on the stage where he is, he throws his hands up in the air and he falls out under the power, falls down on the, on the pulpit. And he was there for a long, long time. When he finally, finally came out of that, she called him a trance. When he came out of that trance, he had had visions of heaven. He'd had visions of hell. And he saw people in heaven that he knew. He saw people in hell that he knew. And he was told that there were people in that, in that area that he knew, even church members, that were going to go to hell if they didn't get straight with God during that meeting with, Wood, with Maria Woodworth Eder. 
So the power of God was moving among the people in the town in a phenomenal way. One of the, one of the men in the town was, was struck in his, in his, he was a merchant and he was struck down right there in his home. He was stuck to the floor and this went on for hours and hours. People heard about it. They started going through his home and seeing, seeing him there stuck on the floor, struck down by the power of God. And uh, when he came out of that, God had given him a message for the church. Now, I don't know what it was, but he didn't want to give it. He didn't want to give it, and he wouldn't give it. He maybe gave a little bit of it, but he wouldn't give the whole vision like he was supposed to. So God told him, I'm going to strike you dumb so you cannot speak at all until you're willing to go tell the whole story. So he was struck dumb. And finally, he's, he, he conceded, okay, I'll go tell. So he got up in the church, and he told the whole thing that God had had for him to tell. Well, uh, the next place that she went, it was, it was winter time, and a sleigh full of younger people came to the meeting, riding in a sleigh. And on the way there, they started making fun of, the, of these trances, and they said, oh, we're going to fall under a trance tonight, and I'll be, blah, blah, and they just were making jokes about it and fun about it. Well, what happened when the meeting started that night, all of those young people that were making fun of the trances, every one of those fell in a trance that night. And every one of those had to be carried out back on the sleigh to go home. They carried them out under the power of God to go home that night. Uh, there was a man there that, well, there was a woman that was making uh, like gestures, preaching with a lot of gestures and everything. So... She was under the, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost doing this, preaching with these gestures. And a man there started making fun of her preaching with gestures. And when he was, he was making some ugly, funny face and trying to make fun of her, and when he, got, when he was in that grimace on his face, the Lord stuck him shut just like that where he was standing with that ugly look on his face, and he stood there like that, frozen for hours, and people were then making, you know, they were looking at he. In other words, he was the laughing stock now because he had made fun of God's moving on the people. So many supernatural things like that happened. You know, unusual things, not the things that we have, we have gotten used to when we're talking about these people in their lives. We've gotten used to the fact that many people were healed and many people were saved, but I don't know of any other person besides Maria Woodworth Eder that had all of these, all of these ph supernatural phenomenon where people were falling out under trances and so forth. Uh, amazing, amazing life. Uh, she had invitations at this point to go lots and lots of places, big churches in lots of different towns, but instead of taking those invitations, she felt like God wanted her to go to this small little place called Newtown. So she rode in a sleigh herself, and they took her to Newtown. By the time she got there that night for the meeting, she was so hoarse from riding in an open sleigh like that. She was so hoarse that she, she couldn't speak above a whisper, and she was so exhausted and so tired that they had to practically carry her up onto the podium. And so she, she just believed God. She just asked God to give her the voice that she needed to be able to sing and to preach uh, in a way, she ended up being a one-person one show because she had to do the singing 
as well as the preaching and the praying and everything. She did everything. So she was praying and believing God to give her a voice to even do that because she couldn't talk above a whisper. So she got up and started leading the singing. And after a few minutes, her voice came back to her and she could sing with strength and vigor and anointing and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as she did that, two things started happening. People started falling out under the power or they started rushing to the altar to get saved one or the other, till the meeting was so broken up by this that she, she really couldn't even preach. That was the only time that she even got to preach during that whole meeting because so many people were flocking to that church wanting to be saved. And uh, what they had to do for the next day even was to take all of the seats, the pews and the seats, all out of that whole church, and they made two rows of chairs from the altar to the door and they made them like you could kneel down at the chairs and make it like two long altars in other words and people crowded into that church to go to the altars day and night and day and night they didn't even close the doors it was 24 hours a day when one person would leave the altar another person would come in to take their place so it was a continual flow a continual flood of people wanting to get in and, and get saved. Primarily, they were just coming to get saved, to get right with God. Of course, many of them would be falling under trances when they were in the, in the, inside of the church building. So it, it, was, it, just was, it just went on that way the whole time she was there, so she never even had another chance to preach. Well, a little bit later on, God told her to go to California. So she went to California she had a tent. When she moved, she had a tent that she put up there. But there were so many large crowds of people trying to get in to hear her that she had to have a larger tent made. So she had a tent made that, that would seat 8,000 8, people. And meanwhile, about 10,000 people would be standing outside of the tent, straining their ears and trying to hear her preach. Now, while she was in California, there were some police that got drunk, and they, they, just, they just got angry and mad at some of the people that were working there with, with her services. So these drunk policemen, a bunch of them came in one night into her tent. Some of them sat down. Some of them just stood in various places around the tent, and they had a signal. They were going to make a signal, and when they made the signal, the, the rest of the police were going to rush in and... and you know, harm the meeting. That's what the plan was. And they, Maria Woodworth Edder and her people knew that that's what was happening. And they all were, were frightened by this. But Maria Woodworth Edder said, you know, she stood up and the, and the power of God came on the woman. And as the, as the presence of God came into that place and the power of God fell on her, and she walked right out in the middle of all of those policemen and just started preaching God and, and talking about Jesus and the power of God fell and she wasn't afraid of them. She, she was bold as a lion because of the power of the Holy Ghost that was on the woman. Well, they could see, the policemen could see that she was not afraid of them and they could tell by seeing and by feeling that God was in that place 
And then they were very frightened. They were very frightened. Even though they were drunk, you know, they could tell that the presence of God was there. So slowly they started just not calling the other policemen in, but instead they would start backing up and going out of the meeting themselves. So uh, in the spring of that same year, the Lord spoke to her and he said, I want you to go to St. Louis. Well, she, she really wanted to spend the summer in California, but, you know, God said to go to St. Louis. And so she was always obedient to what God said. So she packs up her tent and her people and so forth, and they, they go off to St. Louis. Well, uh, St. Louis ended up being an interesting place because they couldn't find a lot big enough for her to put her big tent except this one lot that was in the worst neighborhood of town where people, people were afraid to even go to that part of town. And other tents that had come in the past that were there for entertainment purposes, they'd come with a big tent, put it up there. Uh, those rough people in that area would come and cut the tent, tent ropes, tear the tent down, tear it to shred. And of course, the people that had the tents, you know, they'd just run away. I mean, the people were, were violent people in that area. But that's the only place that Maria Woodworth Eder could find big enough to put her tent. So she went on and put her tent up there. And, and when it was all set up, you know, the, the men told her, the men of the town said, you better not put your tent up here. You, you better not even come here because they might kill you. This is dangerous. They might kill you. She said, but God told me to put it up here. So not only did she put up the big tent, she also put up smaller tents where they would stay. She would stay in a tent and her people would stay in these smaller tents. So it was like a little tent city that they had. Well, when the meeting started, the, the people coming to the meeting, the rough people were throwing rocks at them, throwing stones at them. And, and so the men were afraid to bring their, their wives and their daughters there. They were afraid to bring them because they were afraid they would get severely injured just trying to get into the tent. But the tent was packed out anyway, despite, despite the stones. And then the rough people from the area would come in. The men left their hats on. They rolled up their sleeves like tough guys. You know, they smoking either pipes or cigars. Uh, they were throwing firecrackers, and the, they were trying to have Maria Woodworth Eder and her people were trying to, uh, she had a couple of visiting pastors that were trying to say something, and they, the, the rough people from the area, they were standing up in the chairs, and they would jeer at them and yell at them and clap, and they'd throw stones at them, and the, neither one of those men could say anything because of e either there were stones being thrown at them or there were such loud noises in there that they couldn't be heard anyway. So they finally just, just left and, and uh, couldn't, they couldn't do anything. So Maria Woodworth Eder, she says to her, to her staff there, she said, okay, she said, we, we are not going to leave this place. We will not leave this place. God sent us here and we are staying here. And the only way that we're going to get out of that tent is if they have to carry us out of here dead because we are going to stay here. We are going to fulfill God's calling that he's told us to be here. And so she told a little woman to get up there and pray. So the woman gets up by the podium and she's shaking. She's white as a sheet. She gets down on her knees and she starts praying. But as she starts praying, the presence of the Lord comes in into this tent. And the, the power of God comes on Maria Woodworth Eder. And she stands up as bold as anything. 
and she, she, she now speaks to these rough guys that have guns and they have clubs and they're ready to kill some folks. I mean, they're, they're, these are really bad news people. She gets up in front of these kind of people and she says, I command you to listen to me. She says, God sent us here to do good for you and we're going to do good. We're going to stay here and nothing you do is going to keep us away from here. This is where God sent us to be. And if one of you even tries to touch me or one of my people, God's going to strike you dead. Oh, well, this put the fear of God in them. They never dreamed that this little woman would talk to them like that when they had guns and knives and, and, and you know, bats and all kinds of... So the, then the fear of God fell on them. They started getting down off of the chairs. They started taking their hats off. They started taking the cigars and the pipes out of their mouth. And they got very quiet in the meeting and they just behaved themselves. And she proceeded to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the usual things would be happening. They, people would be falling out. Even some of these rough guys that were in there and their wives were rough wives too. Some of them would start falling out under the power of God. And so she proceeded with the meetings. And those went on for, I think, about five months. That was in St. Louis now. And one night they brought a young girl in, and she was lifeless. She couldn't talk. She couldn't, she couldn't you know, she was lifeless. They had to carry her in. They wanted Maria Woodworth Eder to pray over the little girl, so she did. She prayed over her. And then Maria Woodworth Eder told him, she said, take her outside because she may have to learn how to walk. She may not know how to walk. So they took her outside, and in a very short time, they brought her back in. The little girl was fine, normal, well. She was perfectly capable of, she was a normal child. So they put her up on the platform, and, and the little child starts preaching. She was stomping her feet. She was pointing to heaven. She was telling everybody, you know, about Jesus, and she was totally saved and healed. And, and, and everybody was just astonished. Here one minute they carry her in lifeless, and the next, you know, a few minutes later, here she's up on the podium preaching and stomping and pointing to heaven. They were just amazed by that. And another time, a woman brought her son in who had been, at one time he had been thrown into a, a, a dog catcher's van that was full of barking wild dogs. It scared the little boy so bad that he, sometimes he'd have these mad spells where he would act like a dog. And he did that in Maria Woodworth Eder's meeting, and he was biting and snapping at people, and so they took him away. They put him in her personal private tent, and he bit the, he bit the, the tent fabric and tore a big hole in it. And so everybody was afraid. She said, don't bring this boy back again. But the boy kept pleading with his mother, please take me back, please. So finally the mother took him back, brought him down to the altar, and, and Maria Woodworth Eder had, had compassion on him. And so she, she said, okay, I'll pray for the boy. So she prayed for the boy, and the boy totally, he was totally healed. He was totally, his mind came back, and, and, and he was saved all at the same time. And then the people in the whole town knew about this kid that was mad that acted like a dog. You can imagine. The people of the whole town of St. Louis knew about him. They all wanted to come and see him. So Maria Woodworth Eder would put him up on the stage, and he would stand up there, and he would tell the people how he was saved, how he was uh, healed, and how he was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and that how God had set him free. Of course, that moved on a lot of people. And, and during her crusade there in St. Louis, there were thousands of people healed of blindness and deafness and lame 
and every other thing you can imagine. There were thousands of people that were saved and healed, people saved and, and uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost, sometimes at the same time. And so uh, it was a fantastic success. Everywhere she went, the power of God was very obvious, very obvious. Everywhere she went, masses would get saved. Oh, that we could have more people like that in this world today. You know, maybe, maybe you think that God is calling you. Don't, don't wait. Don't put it off like she did and suffer the consequences. But go on and tell God you'll serve him, even if you don't feel like you're able. It's your hour. This is your hour. You're the one that's alive. Why don't you decide to serve him with all of your heart? Give him, give him all the energy and, because what you don't have, he has. He'll make up the difference for you. Just give him a chance. We hope that you enjoyed these stories of the glory of God. We believe that each story we tell will help build your faith and help to bring a miracle into your life. For more information about this program and Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn, visit her website at godsinstrument.com, her YouTube channel at Glory Stories Now, or write her at Elizabeth Vaughn Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 454, Argyle, Texas, 76226, USA.